Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors with you on the mic in the office this evening. Man, we are almost to Friday. We are running downhill towards the weekend. It's been a decent day here in Oklahoma. We've actually had some blessing of some rain. Hasn't been enough yet. We're praying for more. Hopefully, we'll have some more by the end of this weekend, but uh, the, just the little break in the heat has been awesome at least for a moment or two this morning. So <laughs> made it a little bit easier to water my garden plants a little bit as well. So I, um, I'm troubled. I, I got to tell you this. I'm, I'm really troubled. Um, man, there's a lot of things going on in our world today that are, are very difficult at times to, to understand. I mean, how can we, how do we allow ourselves to be, led so far astray. And I mean that very blatantly because we are being led astray on a regular basis. We're being lied to on a continual basis. We're being fed false truths, half truths, no truths. And, and when someone actually brings about an actual truth, it's ridiculed, it's cast down, it's blasted, it's it's removed, it's covered up. Uh, it, it, it's it's quite challenging right now. We we are living in probably the most challenging time of any of, the, of us have ever faced, and likely it's not going to get any better. I had someone I know, one of the pastors I know that's online, um, that that speaks a lot of things online. Um, he posted a just kind of a meme with a scripture that really caught my attention. And after going and looking, and because, you know, Rhonda has messed up my mind, I can't just look at a scripture. I've got to go look at the entire text, figure out where it was coming from, who's it speaking to, who's speaking it, that kind of thing. I love it, actually. I'm very thankful that she has challenged me in such a way because it has deepened my thoughts and it has deepened my knowledge uh, much more so than I've ever had before. And, and it is awesome to know who it is that God's speaking to at any given time. So with that, I want to take you to Galatians chapter 1. We're going to look at the whole chapter. It's not a very long chapter, so don't don't run off on me just yet. But Galatians chapter 1, and Paul, the Apostle Paul, is, is in essence, he's kind of identifying himself to the, to the, the, the people of Galatia, uh, to the church, the Galatians there. Um, I titled this, So Easily Deceived. And, and this seems to fit who we are today because... We do, as a human nature, seem to be extremely easily deceived. It's like dangle something sparkly in front of us, and we're like, oh, hey, look, let's go chase that. And and we do, and, until somebody dangles something even more sparkly in front of us, and we change gears. I, 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 I'm, I know I'm kind of being a little flippant with this, but I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm really struggling with where we are as a people with a, with a knowledge base of, of lack of common sense in a lot of things that we do, even within the Christian realm, even within the church itself today, we're allowing ourselves to be so easily deceived. So with that, I'm going to jump into this. Galatians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not commissioned and sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me. Paul's not a man-made title. His, his apostle, being called an apostle, is not a man-made title. He, it's no earned degree. He didn't go to school, didn't study for it. But, he, but recognized as an apostle by Jesus Christ himself. And if you remember the story of Paul, Paul had an encounter 
Actually, his name was Saul, and he had an encounter with God uh, on the road to Damascus that that in 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 wound up being it led to Paul's encounter that changed his life forever, including a name change in the process. He went from Saul to Paul. Go on with this. To the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace, inner calm and spiritual well-being from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a sacrifice to atone for our sins, to save and sanctify us, so that he might rescue us from this present evil age in accordance with the will and purpose and plan of our God and Father. To him be ascribed all the glory through the ages of the ages. Amen. I love how Paul, when he interacts with a group of people, he always blesses them. He he, <laughs> he always blesses them, and, and he gives this blessing from the Lord. And, and I believe he does so very humbly, very graciously. I, I'm astonished, and this I love how he says this, because he goes right after this blessing, right after this, you know, Thank you for letting us be here today. You know, may God bless you. You know, God called us all together today because of Jesus Christ. Then he says, I am astonished and extremely irritated that you are so quickly shifting your allegiance and deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different, even contrary gospel, which is really not another gospel. He's talking about people that have they've been led astray. They, they've been deceived. Someone's come along and said, oh, hey, you know, that 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 book you read last week, that's old hat. We've got a new book this week, and we're going to go this way because, you know, culture's changing, society's changing, and we've rewritten some things that, you know, God's led us to believe. God's not led anybody to believe that he's changed his way nor his word. So this teaching that they're talking about is contrary to the very word of God that's being blatantly taught today. We, we catch this constantly. There's, there's a blatancy of, of this contrary teaching to the actual word of God. Now he goes on to say, but there are obviously some people masquerading as teachers who are distributing and confusing you with a misleading, counterfeit teaching and want to distort the gospel of Christ, twisting it into something which it absolutely is not. Teaching that God has changed with society that he's bent his rules to conform to today's misguided society and broken morals? That's not going to happen, folks. That's not how he is, and it's not who he is. He goes on, Paul goes on to say, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we originally preached to you, let him be condemned to to destruction. As we have said before, So I now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel different from that which you received from us, let him be condemned to destruction. Listen, if anybody comes along teaching you a gospel that does not fit the narrative of the Bible, that does not fit God's holy word, it hasn't changed. And this is where I love where Rhonda could kick into this with her historical side. Because Rhonda could tell you about the canon what, what that means, that when you hear the word canon when it comes to the Bible, and how it, how extenuating uh, all of the, the criteria that went into to, to Scripture being actually added to what's considered our Holy Bible today. There, it's a screw, I mean, there's, there's a, oh, it's, it's crazy. 
of, of the, the things that had to be proven over and over again with consistency before it was ever added to the word. We are seeing the truth. Yes, there's a lot of things being said today that there's more out there that didn't get added. Well, there's also reasons it didn't get added because it didn't meet the criteria. Listen, don't buy into something that's not a whole truth. There, there's lots of half-truths out there. There's a lots of deceptions of truth out there. We have to be careful to be so easily deceived. He goes on to say, um, where am I at? I'm, am I now trying to win the favor and approval of men or of God? Or am I seeking to please someone? If I were still trying to be popular with men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Popularity with the world, friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. Paul's simply saying, I'm not trying to win the favor of men. I'm not trying to win your approval here with what I'm saying. I'm trying to win the approval of God. I'm not seeking to please anyone but God. If I were still trying to be popular with men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Remember what a bond servant is? Bond servant was a freed slave. Uh, it was it was it was a slave who was set free, but maybe because of the relationship they had with the master, they chose not to leave the service of his master. And, and he would say, "I don't want to go. Can I simply be a bond servant?" And by doing so, the master would take him to the to the the doorpost, and with an awl, pierce his ear, marking him as as and as and signifying and and and. And, and marking him as a choice to continue to be a servant to the master. That, that's what a bondservant is. That's what Paul's done here. He says, you know, I would not be a bondservant if I was seeking the approval of man. I would not have sold my soul to God under such circumstances. He goes on to say, for I want you to know, believers, that the gospel which was preached by me is not man's gospel. It is not a human invention patterned after any human concept. For indeed, I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a direct revelation of Jesus Christ. This is Paul simply saying, I received the gospel directly from Jesus Christ. Now you got to understand something here. <laughs> Paul didn't get to hang out with Jesus Christ. Paul wasn't one of Jesus' disciples. When Paul's writing this, Jesus is already in heaven. He's already, he's already been crucified, resurrected, and, and ascended. So, so Paul's had an encounter with God in a, in a supernatural way that he's re revealed the message to Paul. He said, You have heard my, of my career and former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to hunt down and persecute the church of God extensively and with fanatical zeal, tried my best to destroy it, he was actually labeled Saul the Zealot. Rhonda, and I, Rhonda brought that to my attention. He, he was actually called the Zealot because he had such a zeal, a fanatical zeal, to destroy Christianity. And he goes on to say, And you have heard now how I surpassed many of my contemporaries among my countrymen in my advanced study of the laws of Judaism as I was extremely loyal to the traditions of my ancestors. So you're talking about someone who was grounded, rooted, studied, well-studied, and very zealous about his history and his, and his traditions from his ancestors. 
who literally pursued Christians with a government document and, and killed them if he could or arrested them or whatever. He goes on to say, but when God who had chosen me and set me apart before I was born. Whew, where have we heard that before? This is Paul, okay? But he's referencing clear back into Jeremiah, where it says, Before I ever formed in your mother's womb, I'd set you apart to be a voice to the nations. But when God, who had chosen me and set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his Son in me so that I might preach him, among the Gentiles as the good news, the way of salvation. God had a plan. Saul had his own plan, but God had a different plan. And he created an encounter with Saul, who who in turn, because of that encounter with God, listen, when you have a true manifestation encounter with God, you will not be the same again. We're not talking about an experience. We're talking about an encounter that changes your life forever. It happened. He goes on to say, I did not immediately consult with anyone for guidance regarding God's call and his revelation to me, nor did I even go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and stayed a while and afterward returned once more to Damascus. That's where he was headed to begin with. Then three years later, I did go up to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas, Peter, and I stayed with him 15 days. Now, Peter was one who had walked with Jesus, right? So Peter had much to say to Paul. But I did not see any other apostle except James, the half-brother of the Lord. Now, in what I am writing to you, I assure you, as if I were standing before God, that I am not lying. So Paul's really making a point here to let you know what I'm saying is truth. This is how it is. This is how it came about. And I'm not veering away from that. Then he finishes with this. He said, Then I went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown by sight to the churches which were in Christ in Judea, Jerusalem, and the surrounding regions. They only kept hearing, He who used to persecute us is now preaching the good news of the faith which he once was trying to destroy. So the story of, of Saul had gone out, who is now Paul. The man's been conformed through an encounter with God, and the dude that used to persecute us, used to try to kill us, is now preaching the very message of faith, which he was once trying to destroy. They already knew this, this story. It finishes with this, and they were glorifying God as the author and source of what had taken place and all that had been accomplished in me. They were glorifying God for all that had been accomplished in Paul. They, they saw, they, they literally saw the change. They understood the change and they glorified God for, for the power that it took to have an encounter with Saul and change his life forever. Paul is simply saying to us, there, there's no point in trying to please man. There's, there's no gain. The, the, the messages that are coming out that are so falsely brought some of the wordage, that, that, that some of the changes that the church is trying to make today are so far against the standard that God set. His standard hasn't changed. His word hasn't changed. We've got to come to an understanding that we must conform to him. He's not ever going to conform to us. That's not by design. By design, he gave us an option. He gave us a choice either to follow him 
or suffer the consequences of walking away. It's our choice, but we cannot allow ourselves to be so easily deceived into buying in to things that are not truth. You can't find a comfort zone. You can't find a ministry that speaks to your comfort zone. Listen, I, I told a couple one time, we were actually leaving the, the very first church where I youth pastored in Durango, Colorado with Pastor Stan Formby. Uh, man taught me tremendous amounts of things. Have great respect for that pastor. Uh, have known him a long, long time. Uh, wonderful pastor. Pastoring a, a cowboy church there in Durango, Colorado right now. But when I was youth pastoring for him, he spoke great things into my life. And, and he taught me great things. And and in the processes of all of that teaching, the, 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 the mentoring that goes on, the, the, there's there was things coming up that were constantly going against the, these words. And, and everybody was trying to change what God was speaking, what God's standard was. We can't, we can't go against the standard. God has got his rules. The laws haven't changed. They're... they're <laughs> I, uh, there's a lot of fruits and nuts out there, man. There's, there's a lot of people who want to, to water down the gospel and make it easy, you know, make it comfortable. And, and that's just not going to be how God has it. We've got to buck up. We've got to, 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 to fight our way for the truth because that's what he requires of us. He gave us a choice. He, 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 he gave us the option of how we're going to live our life. He's got a plan for us. Remember Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. I know the plans, you know, I, 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 I created you before I reformed you in your mother's womb. I'd already had a plan for you. I already set you apart. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, says Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to bring you a hope and a future. God's got plans, but we have to conform to his standard. We, we've got to surrender to his way not any other man's way. We're going to be faced with all kinds of challenging things where people are making it easier to serve the Lord. It's not easy. It's not, it's not ever going to be easy. There's nowhere in the Bible that talks about it going to be easy. As a matter of fact, throughout the Bible, it says they're going to they're gonna come after you. They're going to hate you because of me. That's what Jesus told his disciples. They're going to hate you simply because of your acceptance and, and relationship with me. And they're going to kill you because of me. You ever looked at the story of how all the disciples that walked with Jesus, how, they, how their lives ended? It's brutal. I mean, brutal. That, but, but it's the calling that he's put upon us. You know, I don't intend to be crucified upside down like Peter was. But if necessary, I will be. I mean, if that's what God has for my plan, I mean, you've, you've got to understand that we are to conform to his ways. We cannot allow ourselves to be so easily deceived that the world and the Satan's ways wins us over. Fight for truth in everything that you do. Fight for a teacher who will give you truth. Don't allow yourself to have itching ears putting up for yourselves teachers that will tell you the things that you want to hear. Be challenged. The couple that left a church there in Durango when we left there, um, and, and I, again, I, I referenced that. Pastor Stan was a great pastor. I, I learned so many things from him. 
But when it was my time to go, when my season there was over, and it, and it wasn't a breeze, that was a difficult time. God really put us through the mill, challenging the calling that he had placed on our lives, learned a great deal there, carried that on until we get to where we are today. But there was a couple when we left that church that were like, well, you know, we're just, we'll just follow you everywhere. And, and you know, it's like, no, no, you need to, you, you know, you need to go to this church. And, and, one, and the guy at some point made a comment to me that, that he, he wanted to follow us because he liked how I said things. And, and I, my question was, do what I, does what I say challenge your life? Because we don't want to go somewhere because we like the feeling. I don't ever want to sit through a service because it's pleasing. I want to sit through a service because God's challenging me to be better. He's challenging me to go deeper. The, the, the worship draws me deeper, not just entertains me. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to meddle here a little bit, but you've got to figure out how you're going to serve the Lord today. Are you going to be a mediocre Christian, allowing every little dangling, sparkly thing that's held in front of you to lead you astray? Or are you going to stand your ground on the standard that God has given us and fight to be one of his warriors? He's looking for his warriors today. We're in a battle. We've got to stand together. Amen. I'm getting lengthy here. I could preach for a while. I feel like it. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for following along. Thank you for tuning in. There'll be more of this to come. I've got stuff burning in me. (laughs) Don't know when I'm going to get to bring it, but I'm going to bring it, and it's going to be a solid word. I've been studying some other things that some other things or other people have been uh, been saying. It's there's some challenges coming to our hearts. Amen. We love you. Ron and I are praying for you. We're praying that God blesses you, that He runs you over, pours out over you, as you seek him as you pour out to him he'll in turn pour it out back same measure pressed down shaking together and running over amen god bless you guys we love you we'll talk to you again real soon